Hi everybody. Sorry for the uh, the slight delay on that. Um, we were about to start the stream and then my uh, my smoke alarm went off. So that's that's exciting. That's fun. That's what everybody wants and needs out of their existence. What are you whining about? Come here. Come on. Come here. Come here. No. Okay. You gonna come? Come on. Yep. There so picky. He he decided the boy decided he needed to be more involved tonight. So you know what. Uh, he's, Good for him. He's... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Starting to become a little bit of a diva, isn't he? He's becoming a tad bit of a diva, but it's okay. For those just listening to the audio, uh, Archie was making sounds, and yep. I couldn't figure out why, but now he seems happy that he's sitting on my lap. So As he usually is. Oh, he's happy on the lappy. Oh, he do be oh, happy yes. on the lappy. Oh, happy. Yeah. Speaking of the Irish accents, uh, we're talking about Ireland today. Yes. And, and Wales and Scotland and Brittany and Gaul and... Basically everything that was ever Celtic. The homeland. Yeah, partially partially because it's just interesting and St. Patrick's Day is coming up and we mm. both have Irish in us. Partially because I'm I'm working on another Missing Forum One Theory video, which is probably gonna be what we put out this week. Um yep. which is going to go into the the suggestion, the hypothesis that some people have that the people who are disappearing for you know missing forum one cases are actually falling out of our dimension into another one which is out there but apparently uh science is starting to come around to the possibility of multiple dimensions mm. um i believe a few years ago scientists claimed that they discovered evidence might have been at cern of particles moving backwards in time if you want to check that one and see yeah. if you can find it um i didn't totally understand it i am not a theoretical physicist so, you know, there's there are many things I feel capable of understanding quickly and all of that. Uh, that is not one of them. <laughs> Hypothetical superluminal particles t called tachyons have a space-like trajectory and thus can appear to move backwards in time, mm -hmm. according to an observer in a conventional reference frame. April 8th, 2020, we may have spotted a parallel universe going backwards in time, if you want to pull that guy up, and sure. we will read that to you so you kind of have an idea where we're coming from on this, so that you know that, like, I'm not totally making this up. This is not just coming out of nowhere. Um, there is a 4,500-year-old, 5'11 salmon at the end of my driveway. Seems like a nice guy. I mean, you know what? As we know from from studying the, the history of Ireland, the Leva Gavalna Erin, the Book of the Takings of Ireland, um, they, they, sometimes you survive 5,500 years by becoming a salmon. Sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah. There we go. Is that the article? Yes, it's the article, but I'm trying to figure out where it gets to the point talking about um, backwards it moving. That it, oh, you gotta subscribe <laughs> to of continue course. reading. Not gonna um, do that. Yeah, maybe we can find uh, time can actually flow backward. Physicists say there we go. That's the one you were yep, just yep, on. Yep. Okay. Wow. I, I hate if this is like if we put a paywall behind all of our videos, despite the fact there's ads on them. Yeah. Okay. So to give you the gist of how this works, um, to the extent that I understand it, I uh, there 
there have been moments where we have spotted particles moving in ways that we don't totally understand. One of those has been seemingly backwards in time. The belief is that it is it is theoretically possible that multiverses exist and that there is more than one universe and that every I mean, this is, you know, this is the whole thing that Marvel is based on is that yep. everything that can happen does happen in some universe somewhere. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that what scientists discovered about these backwards moving particles proves that there's multiple dimensions or that there's a parallel dimension or even a backwards dimension, but instead that scientists are not totally turned off to the idea, which is good. And it might seem a little odd to point out that that's a big deal, but if you look at things like Gobekli Tepe and Atlantis and the things that archaeologists often refuse to look into the fact that there are physicists who are looking into the possibility of multiple dimensions and actual mainstream physicists, not just people trying to make a buck on the internet that that leads, leads you to the belief that, you know what, this is, they, they have something that is suggesting to them that there is, is more to the world as we understand it, mm -hmm. but it's definitely not the, they did not discover a parallel dimension that we can observe and go to it's more of a hypothetical idea at the moment but at the same time that's what we you know that's that's kind of where where all science comes from is somebody notices something that seems a little off and they say you know what let's uh let's see what's going on here from everything i'm seeing in this mm -hmm. forbes article mm -hmm. forbes has been essentially saying yeah there's a lot of articles going around that are completely misunderstanding and misrepresenting the results of yeah. three different uh articles yeah essentially what it is is not necessarily that there's another confirmation of a parallel universe or anything but it uh at the very least may be a uh, misunderstanding of the accurate or inaccurate mm -hmm. analysis of specific particles that were observed yeah. in motion by this specific like balloon. yeah what what happened when this when this study came out was that basically a bunch of conspiracy websites went and said we've discovered a second dimension time moves backwards everything is relative we can you know blah blah, blah. no <laughs> this was not scientists coming across you know a, a legitimate parallel dimension it was scientists getting some funky readings that didn't make sense yeah and saying perhaps may have perchance perchance there is a parallel universe yep. and of course anytime scientists say anything that leads into conspiracy territory people jump on it and they go you know yep. what this is it's a thing but I, I bring it up not saying it's scientifically proven but that there have been a number of times throughout history when something that was you know magic then turned out to be a natural law of some kind that we just didn't understand yet. Yep. So is it possible that, that exists with multiple dimensions? Well, if you look at many folk tales from around the world, a lot of different cultures have the belief that if you go through certain natural portals, so to speak, you could enter a different world. Uh, you know, I, I forget exactly where the entrance points are in Greek mythology, but there are ways to go from our world to the underworld. Yep. There are ways to go from our world to Olympus. With the Celts, they had the concept of the seed. Now, what is the seed? The fairy mound. If you go through it, depending on whether you are in a... If you're, for example, in, in the Welsh side of things, their belief was in a plane called Anun. And that was a parallel universe where you entered it it was land 
it was a vast world just like ours mm -hmm. that had kings and fiefdoms and all of that and that was known also in some cases that's what avalon is in the arthurian legend mm -hmm. anun is a little bit more old celtic uh the irish have something similar with their seed the seed of course being a loan word into ireland from uh or into wales from ireland mm -hmm. but the irish term refers it seems to portals in rock formations or in uh caves where if you go into it you can end up in the specific other world realm of one of the two a day mm -hmm. so throughout ireland there are multiple provinces to us uh and each of these have their own patron to a day deity kind of thing dating back to pre-christian times so if we look at the celtic concept of the seed and then we break it into the irish and welsh you get three main parallel dimension theories here mm -hmm. you've got anun which is if you take our world and you just put it into another dimension mm -hmm. then you've got the seed in ireland and if you go through those or the she in the modern translation the modern uh, spelling and, and, and pronunciation if you go through those you can end up in these sort of like pocket dimensions mm -hmm. where you are in the domain of uh you know the dagda or the morrigan or any of the lesser pagan tuas or you can sail across the western sea and then you end up in places like uh the land of youth or the land of plenty mm -hmm. these might ring a bell if you've read the odyssey Mm. the odyssey despite having no connection no known connection to celtic mythology mentions these islands of plenty and of youth and of wealth and all these different things that are also mentioned in celtic mythology and then if you look at ireland and of course what is across the western sea from ireland canada it's north america yeah so perhaps the irish knew about north america Naturally. Or perhaps they had a firm belief in these seed and these other worlds where you could just go in and enter and suddenly, boom, you're in another place. These were not um, simple to access. It wasn't the kind of thing that, you know, any old Irishman was going through the, the sea on, you know, just on Sunday because they had time on their hands. Yep. If you went into them, it was typically because there was some sort of need from the Tua. And the thing about the, the Tua de Danan and humanity is they're not... A lot of people want to think about a lot of these pagan religions and cults and all of that. And, and cult, by the way, is the actual academic term for a, a for worshipping any god. Um, we have kind of a modern negative connotation with cult. The term cult, you would be part of the cult of Dionysus, which meant that you worship Dionysus. You might mm -hmm. worship the other gods as well, but that was your main one. Yep. So these cults throughout Europe, um, I forget where I was going. I'm trying to remember now. Um, oh yeah, what I was going to say is they, they would worship gods. And we have a modern belief that this was a beneficial relationship both ways. But not all of the pagan deities of the old world were like that. It wasn't that you spoke to one and just kind of asked, you know, it wasn't like the Christian form of praying or the Jewish form where you pray to God, you ask for something, you, you know, ask for guidance or, you know, the, the knowledge to do something. In these cases, these were, these were beings that would harm you. Like they were, they were neutral to humans at best. 
Some would be more favorable, some would be less favorable. Mm. And if you look at the story given by the Irish about how they encountered these Tua de Danan, their version of it is that it was a battle, that they fought them. And then they reached kind of a, an impasse where the Tua Day didn't have the numbers to win or something like that. And the Milesians simply couldn't win. Mm. So they couldn't wipe them out and the Tua Day couldn't drive the Milesians out. So they made this agreement that the Tua Day would go under into the other world and that the Milesians would become the Gales and live in the overworld. Uh, and of course, there's all the stuff with Goidal Glass and all that, but more important factor here is if you think about the the fey that term and how people who are very interested in that stuff will say you never thank them you never seek them out without proper guidance and proper protection these are not your friends these are very powerful beings that could give you mm -hmm. great things but you got to please them yep so if you got that and you understand that there was an objectively antagonistic relationship between the gales and the two a day it starts to make sense why you don't get a ton of stories of people going into the sea and coming out yep. or going into the Western Sea and coming out. In fact, the Voyage of Bran tells a story where they go and they visit all these different islands. It's very similar to the Odyssey. And then when they come back, everyone who gets off the boat turns to ash hmm. because they go into the other world and think about the Celtic perception of time was that it wasn't linear like ours is, mm -hmm. where time just moves into a straight line. You can't go back. In their version of it, time was more of a spiral. You can think of it like a spiral staircase, maybe. Mm -hmm. And you could step in and out at different times. But if you went forward, you would if you stepped onto land, you would immediately age. However many years had passed. Mm. So in Voyage of Bran, they come back a few hundred years later. And the second anybody steps off the boat, they turn to ash. So if anybody wants to survive, they got to go back mm. somewhere else in the other world. So it's a very complicated system here. It's not simple or cut and dry. Why mention that? Well, why why talk about the fact that there's a belief in pocket dimensions and an other world and that science is not turned off to the possibility that there are other parallel dimensions out there? I mean, if you think about what a wormhole is, it's basically folding space-time. Mm -hmm. If we can fold space-time, we should be able to tear it as well. And if we tear it, there's got to be something on the other side. Well, and that's, <laughs> that's the concern with the whole theory about wormholes is that, you know... It, Part of the reason why they are concerned about the potential of uh, experimenting with them is that in an attempt to fold space-time to create a wormhole, you could tear the fabric of space, and because we don't know what's on the other side, people are very scared to find out. Yeah, which is getting far beyond my understanding of physics. Because <laughs> for me, I'm sitting here like, I thought space was empty. And they're like, no, it's actually fabric. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, think of space similar to the ocean, but instead of the, instead of the particles of H2O, mm -hmm. or the, the atoms of H2O being what make up the area, mm -hmm. or, or taking up the volume, um, it is empty in terms of mass, other than the massive objects that exist yeah. within it. But there are forces and energies within that space mm -hmm. that interact with each other. Okay. Yeah. That's complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but it's similar to how, you know, if you have a, a large moving object in the ocean, mm -hmm. it'll create a current. Yeah. Similarly, when you have a large moving object in space, it makes the space around it, the fabric of space mm -hmm. around it, 
kind of warp to its movements. So similar to how if you, uh, let's say, either throw a cannonball into a pool or if you have a large boat or like a whale moving through the ocean. It'll it's, pull the water along with it. It'll pull water along with it. Or, you know, if you have a, what a black hole is, it's essentially like a whirlpool. Yeah. So if you have a whirlpool and it's sucking in all of this water and it's creating, you know, this kind of flow, mm -hmm. it's going to pull everything in in this kind of spiral fashion. That's what happens with black holes and honestly pretty much every massive element that's Got in it. the space that is yeah. within the universe. Which all of that leads me to believe that, yes, in fact, there is a legitimate possibility of tearing dimensional fabric here on Earth. Yep. If, if it can happen at scale and space, then... Seems plausible it could happen at small scale as well on the planet. The only current problem that physicists have is that uh, micro and macro mm -hmm. don't mix. Interesting. The rules on a galactic scale mm -hmm. and normal life for us and the rules at the subatomic level mm -hmm. are not the same. Well, that would imply that we don't understand one of those sets of rules. Exactly. Which is also terrifying when you think yes. about it. That's the but, current problem. But that's kind of what I look at with it is the way that we view space and yep. planets. Single-celled organisms probably view us that way. Like, it's so big that you can't even comprehend it. Yeah. And they so, don't even have the capability to comprehend exactly. it. Exactly. So if, biological if there's the, the, the difference in scale between a bacterium and a human being has got to be similar to the difference in scale between a human being and a planet. Oh my god, yeah. So if there are rules that are different between bacteria to human and human to planet, and there are rules that are different between, you know, planet to solar system and solar system to galaxy, there's got to be a whole set of natural laws that we don't fully comprehend. Oh, absolutely. And they probably are more similar down the scale than we think they are. Well, the biggest problem with we physics... We just probably can't observe them. Well, that's the thing. The biggest problem with physics and a lot of different sciences right now is you get to certain points of depth within discussion of certain elements about the rules of the universe or even just mm -hmm. biological limitations and rules. And there are still so many things that we know we don't know. Yeah. But considering it's only been the past couple hundred years of which we, we've been able to do that and mm -hmm. figure out these certain things, think about how many things a hundred years ago we didn't even know we didn't know. Yeah, like the fact that radiation exists. Exactly. Yeah, they were... Which is huge. They were painting watches with radium and then licking the tips of the brushes to make them pointier yep wild wild Incredible. things that we did throughout yep. history so think about how many things that we probably still don't know that we don't know exactly and i think that's where where this kind of work is important because somebody's got to talk about it and there's a lot of scientists that do not want to risk their reputation yep. saying hey guys uh what do y'all think about parallel dimensions yep because the safe thing to do is say, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So somebody who doesn't have a job in academia needs to come along and say, hmm, mayhaps. What do you all think about pocket dimensions? <laughs> and that's what we do. <laughs> that is our job. I have to wonder, when you look at, you know, one of these theories regarding missing 401 cases and where they happen and the correlation with caves and all of that, You've got dozens of cultures around the world that look at formations in rocks and say, yeah, if you go in there, you end up somewhere else. And as a society, as modern people, we've kind of looked at it and gone, yeah, I mean, but like, 
That's ridiculous. But then somebody goes into a cave and we can't find them. Well, maybe they found a passage in the cave that is unexplored. But there are some cases that I've looked into where, uh, you know, there's one guy, I can't remember his name, but I've been meaning to do it, where he went into a an underwater cave and didn't come out and they never found him. Mm-hmm. Like, they searched the entire area of the cave that any human being could fit through yep. and he was just gone. If that's possible, and, you know, maybe, maybe he did come out and none of the security cameras focused on the pool he was in actually caught it. Mm-hmm. But... If somebody can go into a cave system and never come out, either they found their way into a part of the cave system that nobody else knew about, or they disappeared in that cave completely. Now, the the obvious answer, the more likely answer with any case like that, is that somebody just ended up finding a passageway that was unexplored, nobody else knew about it, and boom, we're, we're into a cave. Um, and they're just lost somewhere. I think it's interesting to explore the possibility that maybe there's maybe the, the Celts were on to something. Because it's not just them. Native Americans also believed that there were certain spots where you could interact with the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Uh, African tribes had some of this. The Norse believed that if you went through certain spots, you could end up in Jotunheim or in another level of Yggdrasil. Yeah. Sure, it's possible that all of these ancient cultures were just on on something or full of it or just trying to explain things that they didn't understand or they had a natural fear of caves or they were onto something and when you look at the missing 401 cases that do occur in certain spots that are not totally uh you know like garrett barnsley is one that comes to mind the the most obvious conclusion with his disappearance for those who haven't seen the video on the case he was a 12-year-old Boy Scout in the Uintah Mountains, and he was camping with his Boy Scout troop. He went fishing with his dad about 150 meters, 150 yards from the camp. Mm-hmm. Socks got wet because he fell in the water. He went back to get new socks and shoes. His dad saw him about halfway to the camp. It was the last time he saw him. Garrett never made it back to that camp. Now, mountain lion is the most common belief here. Thing is, Garrett's clothes and his fishing pole were never found. There was a boulder field nearby. There is reason to believe that Garrett may have ended up in one of those caves or in some crevice between the boulders. Except they never found him. And dogs didn't find him. People didn't find him. Infrared didn't find him. There was no evidence of where Garrett went. Again, it's probable that it was a mountain but I have not heard of any mountain lion attacks where the mountain lion grabs the fishing pole too. Yep. It's just, it's those little details that just don't quite sit right. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, 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 this is one of those things that to me, you look at how often it occurs throughout the world that somebody has a belief in interdimensional portals underground. And you got to wonder, did humanity make that up? Did, basically all cultures on all continents decide this is something we're just going to have in common without any discussion Mm. or was there a reason for them to believe in that i don't think it's ridiculous i think if if we certainly don't have if it if it is what is happening then there's definitely no science to back it up yet no but lack of evidence does not mean evidence to the 
opposite. Correct. So it's one of those things you have to look at and say, okay, you know, maybe, but we need to look into this more first. If there is another another dimension, what lives there is the next logical question to ask. Is it something that you know we don't we don't really get stories of people going to another dimension and coming back? But if you look at world religions, pretty much all of them have a belief in some sort of other dimension. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Abrahamic religions have heaven and hell. Um, the Norse have Yggdrasil, which of course has hell and it has uh, Alfheim and uh, Asgard and all of these different realms. The Celts had the various other worlds and the one we inhabit. All of those are extra dimensions. And I, I can't... Again, it's if you look at our, our world as it exists and we ask questions about, for example, aliens. We think of aliens as space, as they came from other planets somewhere very far away. But we have yet to reconcile how the hell they got here. Because we have not detected any signs of life. They would have to be billions of years ahead of us to even get here. Which means that wherever they are, either they have figured out faster than light travel, or they've been coming they've been traveling for a really long time. They have figured out faster than light travel, well, it's probably through wormholes. Well, what are wormholes? They are bending the fabric of space-time. How is bending the fabric of space-time all that separate from passing from one reality to another? The only differentiation there is what you define as the definitions of the two. Yeah, exactly. It's how, how do you define a separate dimension? Is it somewhere very far away within our own universe that you can get to by passing through things? You know, there were, there were fears when they were testing the atomic bombs they were going to open up black holes on planet Earth, yep. which would have been catastrophic. Yeah, that would have been the end of that. Yeah, so... You know, this is obviously this is a very nebulous kind of thing and a, something that we can't say a ton about because how much do we really know? And it's kind of one of those things that sounds like you're you're meandering around and not coming to any conclusion. But that's the downside with even discussing wormholes is that even the official researchers within that field are recognizing that it's all theoretical as of right now because there's no proof. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I want so badly for somebody to to find the 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 starting point for researching this, yep. but I have absolutely no idea where it would even be. <laughs> but I, I think about some of these other things, like if you read stories of what people report when they're on DMT, mm. of interacting with other otherworldly beings, extra dimensional beings how people will be on DMT at the same time in separate rooms and like interact with each other and not in a dream state where they come out of it and the other person's like, Oh yeah, I was there. They were just in a different dimension. Mm -hmm. So if DMT, if those are the experiences people describe, it seems to me that that's the starting point because we know that basically all of our ancestors, when it came to religion, when it came to, uh, you know, shamanism and things like that. Almost all of them use psychedelic drugs mm -hmm. to communicate with the spirit world. We look at it today and go, ah, how silly their brains, their imaginations were running wild. Maybe it was more than that. You know, maybe the reason that they were constantly talking about interacting with otherworldly beings was because they were actually doing it. Yeah. I think there's a such a such an assumption in the modern era to say either Basically, if something doesn't fit with something that's in a mainstream religion or in known science, it's ridiculous to say. 
but Christianity and Judaism and Islam don't say that nobody ever did any drugs. They just talk about the fact that people had visions. Yep. There's also the fact that we believe there's endogenous DMT. That we, as human beings, naturally produce this stuff because we've detected it in people's brains after death. Problem is, you can't test for it unless you cut somebody's head open and check for it. Yep. And that is a very, very risky procedure if the only thing you're doing it for is to see how much DMT is in a living person's brain. Yeah. So we don't do it. But if we did, if we did start looking down this rabbit hole, what are we going to find? Are we prepared for what we're going to find is also an important question because think, I mean, the way I'm looking at it, if they do some legit studies on DMT and what your brain is doing while you're on it, what you're experiencing, what you're interacting with and they determine that, yes, in fact, people who are on DMT have broken some sort of barrier between our dimension and another one. That's terrifying. And it's going to end up with, you know, weapons research, probably. <laughs> but, you know, will, will the Clockwork Elves want to help us with our weapons research? Who knows? Unlikely is my probably guess. Probably not. But, yep. you know, when you read Revelation... Or you read some of these ancient Greek stories, ancient Welsh, ancient German. It doesn't matter where you go. The shamans always talk about interacting with extra, extra human beings. And a lot of them match, description-wise. And then you look at all of the traditions, and you, you start to pick up common threads. Obviously, everything becomes more complex yep. as it goes on, the story-wise. Things get added on, things get... Uh, explained further mm -hmm. if you go back to the the very early root of all of these stories you start to see patterns one of those patterns is that there is an older group of gods who are either defeated or um merge with a newer group well what do we have in you know christianity there's god and the heavenly host and the watchers and all of that and then after the flood Things change a little bit. There are the princes who are assigned to the nations. These are not gods in Christianity, Judaism, Islam. They're probably angels. But what are angels? Well, they're not humans. They're not God. So they're somewhere between humans and gods. We have that everywhere. If you look at Nephilim, which are half human, half angel, we have demigods all throughout different cultures. Mm. Take it back to its, its earliest example. And of course here I'm saying, you know, the Fomorians and the Tuatha, the Vanir and the Aesir, or the Aesir, Vanir, and the Jotnar, uh, the Titans and the Olympians. All of these different mythologies that really do match. They probably go back to the old Indo-European religion, whatever that was. Yep. Christianity is the same way, in that we have these older figures, who of course there's God at the top, and then his creations that are bound to him, but that are between us and God. That sounds like the Tuatha. That sounds like the Aesir and the Vanir. Because when you look at them, they're not, they're, a lot of these are not creator gods. Yeah. Odin did not create the world. He killed a giant whose burnt bones turned into the world. If you look at the Olympians, Zeus is the chief Olympian, mm. but he doesn't create the world. He's not even the descendant of him. He's what the the, the he's like, grandchild. Yeah, of he's well, not even the son of the creator. Being. Yeah, he's like a grandchild or a great grandchild. Um, the two a day don't create the world, 
And in Christianity, the angels don't create the world. The heavenly host doesn't create the world. God does it. All of these religions, all of these belief systems have some sort of creator being, and then a set of divinities, and then humans. Especially within the Indo-European umbrella. Mm -hmm. China, Japan, that's a little different. If you look at, you know, the Native Americans, then it starts to come a little bit closer. Yep. A lot of Native American mythology is interesting because it's got, you know, there's a, a creator being, and then there's a time where all of the animals, a lot of the animals are anthropomorphized. Mm. Um, they have human characteristics, human traits, for example. I think it's the Klamath peoples who, in their version of history, the grizzly bears mm -hmm. were the first, like, sentient beings on Earth, and then their god got angry at them. So and human be this is this is why this one's so interesting to me. If I remember it correctly, it's that there's a creator being, and then there's the grizzly bears who are sentient. A the creator being's daughter then has children with one of the grizzly bears, and those children are humans. Hmm. As a result, all the grizzly bears lose their ability to talk and walk on two legs, and now they're now they're animals again. Hmm. That does not sound too different from a lot of the other stories about how humans come to be. It's typically that they are the either the direct creation of the creator being, or they are the result of some other higher being mixing with one of God's creations. Mm. Why does that reoccur so often? That's the question, isn't it? Is it not possible that it's reoccurring so often? Because that's what happened. And that we have all found different ways of telling the same story. Now, of course, as a Christian, I'm always going to believe that my version is the closest to reality. Mm. But somebody who's, uh, you know, Norse pagan will probably believe that their version is closer. Somebody who is Hindu will believe that their version is closer. I think we spend a lot of time focusing on the differences and not enough time focusing on the similarities. Because there's probably a truth hidden in the similarities. Yeah. I, I, I think there's too many things that religion got right. And not just mine. For it to all be just made up. I have a question that's almost a weird Bible question. Sure. What if that was... What if the Tower of Babel... What if it wasn't about language? What do you mean? What if the story of the Tower of Babel... The story about mm -hmm. them trying to you know, reach the heavens essentially by yeah. building this tower working together then they were fractured apart mm -hmm. no longer capable of speaking the same language so they couldn't work together mm -hmm. whatever what if that was actually about denominations of religion well that's basically how denominations of religion happened <laughs> that's the other thing is that mm -hmm. all of the european religions mm -hmm. are probably descended from the indo-european religion mm -hmm. the omnia culture that kind of sounds about right doesn't it Think about the, the actual story of the Tower of Babel. It's not that, you know, English sprouted from it. We're told that everybody spoke the same language and then they were scattered and didn't have the same language anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at what happens, there's, you know, the oldest languages we have that are like Proto-Semitic and Proto-Indo-European and Proto-Asiatic. Those all descend from around the same region. Mm -hmm. That area between the Caucasus, India, and Africa. There's three, like, three or four main language groups in there. 
we got African, Asian, European, and Semitic, basically. And, of course, there's East Asian that develops out of the Asiatic. Yeah. That would, of course, then lead to different descriptions of gods. We also don't know who, who, which gods came into the story where. The Vanir seem to have been there before the Aesir. Mm -hmm. If you look at the oldest descriptions of those gods and also what the Vanir are, they're not really warlike. They are capable of fighting, but war is never the focus mm -hmm. of a god like Freya. Whereas with the Aesir, Thor is a warrior god. Odin's a warrior god. I... Uh, Many of the Aesir are warrior gods. What one of the theories is regarding that is that groups like that, to a day, the Aesir, um, the Olympians, that they were the Indo-European gods. And that the pre-Indo-European peoples of Europe, that's the Vanir, that's the Titans, that's the Jotnar, that's the Fomorians. Mm -hmm. And that the new gods came in and overtook the old gods. But in many of these cases, you get slight variations. Mm -hmm. um, the Aesir and the Vanir sort of unite against the Jotnar, mm -hmm. but not always against the Jotnar. Sometimes they work with them. Mm -hmm. The Olympians unite against the Titans, but not all the Titans. Sometimes they work with them. The Tuatha unite against the Fomorians, but not always. Sometimes they work with them, especially when humans are involved. Mm -hmm. So. The Indo-European religion seems to have come in and supplanted and merged with the old European religions. Mm -hmm. Possibly in a similar way that Christianity did with Judaism. But Christianity grows out of Judaism rather than coming in onto it, so right. it's not quite the same thing. Yeah, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate the point. The point is, old European pagan religions have a lot of similarities, not necessarily in the specific details of each god and goddess, but rather in the actual structure of how things happen. The, the, the chronology, the, the series of events, those are what tend to match in European religions. Mm. Obviously, by 2023, even by the year one, those guys had been separated by hundreds, if not thousands of miles for thousands of years. Yep. The Indo-European migration is around 3000 BC. It's 3300 to 2600-ish. That means that by the time the Indo-Europeans had actually made it into Europe and settled, it was still 2,000 years before the birth of Christ. That's a long time to be in different places not communicating with each other. Mm -hmm. And think about the way that these communications happen. Typically, there will be a trade hub. And people from one culture would head across and meet up at the trade hub of another culture. They wouldn't always go that deep in. So if you were coming from Norway to uh, what would be modern day the Netherlands, if you were a merchant, you might, in fact, in many cases, you would stop there. You would sell all your stuff and you would head back to Norway. Or you would stop at a few points along the coast trading and all that and then head back. Very rarely did you go deep into the interior of whoever you were trading with. Mm. So, say you're a Norwegian, and you're trading with somebody who's Frisian. What, what would be the ancestors of the, uh, the low countries? You'll tell them your story. And then, say, they go south to France. And they tell France their story. And their story involves your story. And then the French guy goes down to Spain. 
you've now gone through four versions of that story mm. before you get down here. And that we know that happened with Celtic cultures mm. because the Celtics, the, the Celts start in what is God's Southern Germany today, Southern Germany, Czechoslovakia, that area. And then they expand outwards. The Celtiberian peoples are not genetically Celtic, but they were culturally Celtic. Which means that the Celtic culture actually overpowered whatever Iberian culture was there beforehand to a large extent. And they melded and merged into one. That was culturally Celtic, ethnically Iberian, Celtiberians. Mm -hmm. They then go up to Ireland. So if you if you get the Yamnaya, look at it this way. Let's start with the Yamnaya, mm -hmm. the Indo-Europeans. They're in the steppes of Scythia. That's Crimea, Ukraine, southern Russia, southwestern Russia. They spread out. They start moving around. They get to Central Europe. And they intermix with people in Central Europe, and you get the Celtic culture. The, the Hallstatt A, Hallstatt B, Hallstatt C, and then Latin. The Latin then spreads into Spain and mixes with the Iberian culture. And then you get Celtiberian. It's just culture mixes with culture, mixes with culture, mixes with culture, because those Celtiberians then go to Ireland. So, of course, they're going to have similarities. And then they're going to have slight differences based on who was there before them. Mm. I think that's the key to understanding our lost chapter of human history. Is what do all of us have in common? Mm -hmm. Not what makes us different. Not what makes us special. If we want to discover what we seem to be missing, which is a, a period of history before Sumer. We know that by Sumer, we had cities, we had writing, we had urban planning, we had agriculture. Mm -hmm. We also know that about 4,000 years before that, we had agriculture starting. But a couple thousand years before that, we've got megalithic structures. That doesn't fit. Because we get, basically the way it goes is 11,600 years ago, we get megalithic structures. Mm -hmm. And then society regresses. We go backwards. We go back to just learning to farm and just learning to build cities. And then we finally start getting megalithic structures 4,000 years later. Mm. It seems like something happened. Like we were ahead of, ahead of maybe not Greece, but ahead of maybe Sumer. And then we regressed. So why? What happened? All of this, in my opinion, plays in. I think that everything that we see, that we observe about gods and goddesses in all of these different cultures ties back somewhere in prehistory to a version of humanity, a version of civilization that we to this day still have not rediscovered. And if we can rediscover it, maybe we can uncover the, the secret to these other dimensions they always talk about in all of these religions. Because mm -hmm. maybe what we're dealing with are people who were less advanced scientifically than we are, but more in tune with natural laws who understood things about resonance frequencies that we don't get today that, you know, maybe they did figure out a way to, you know, maybe ancient aliens is right. And they actually did figure out how to levitate stuff using vibrations. Mm. Cause if you make things vibrate at the right frequency, they're not going to touch each other. Yep. Obviously we still haven't figured that out. If we did, it would be insane. It would be extremely helpful to move everything without friction. Yeah. But we can't do it yet. Maybe they did have it. Maybe they did figure it out. That's all I'm saying is, you know, maybe maybe the, the key to understanding the lost chapter 
Atlantis, all of that, and even our connection with the, the spirit world, with the divine, maybe figuring all of that out starts with what the hell are the DMT beings telling us? <laughs> maybe we should start taking them seriously. That's the thing. That the... Not that they've spoken to me. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> That's the thing. The biggest question is not what they did or didn't figure out. It's how do we figure out what they did or didn't figure out? Mm -hmm. I hope we can. I'm so interested because it, it would it would connect so many dots mm. about so many different things. From and that's what's wild from Atlantis to the missing four one one phenomenon. Dimensional rifts would explain so much yeah. if we could just figure out how they work, and if we could prove that they exist. Well, okay. That's the thing is like you just if they do exist. Before we even figure out how they work, we just need to figure out how we can figure out whether or not they exist. Yeah. We'll see, though. But with that, uh, you know, <laughs> we're asking ourselves questions. It's time for you guys to ask us questions. Yes. And I will be going deep back to the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, and you guys sure. will be getting a, a, a recorded version of that rant, which is going to be edited and coherent. That's what I'm going to be working on the next two days. Um, and while he pulls up super chats, I'm gonna grab myself a black hole. So, ladies and gentlemen, how are we feeling about the estimations about pocket dimensions, dimensional rifts, and the possibility of the connection between missing 411 and vibrations, as according to the ending of our last conversational section? Any thoughts? Any ideas? Uh, what do we think about Ohio? I don't know. I can't think about anything that doesn't exist in my mind. So, there's that. Um, somebody asks, what do we think about Ohio? And I said, I can't think about something that doesn't exist. So. Oh, my God. Um, you know what? No. No. <laughs> Here's what we're going to say about Ohio tonight. <laughs> we rag on Ohio a lot. Mm-hmm. They are going through it right now. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they don't need us ragging on them right now. And I'm I'm trying to figure out a way that we can, uh, like a fundraiser or something that we can add to one of our videos. I can't. So if any of you know of any charities that are focusing on Ohio right now, yeah, let me know so I can add a fundraiser for our next video so that we can raise a little bit of money for them. Yeah, what's um, happening in East Palestine right now is kind yeah. of insane. So we would love to help if we can. And I say that because we were able to, our, our Gabby Petito video that has a fundraiser on it raised uh, almost, I think it's probably at two grand now. Is it really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So y you guys as a community have, you know, managed to donate two grand to the Gabby Petito Foundation. Love that. Well done. Um, And that's, that video has like 220,000 views. So that's probably, God, what does that mean? 1%? <laughs> 1% of people donated the dollar? Yeah. It probably was more like half a percent of people donating five, but Fair. still, you know, if we can if we can do something to help them, let let us know if you know of a charity because that would be uh, that would be something we want to do. You know, for as much as we rag in Ohio, they are our neighbors. Um, you know, they are probably more like Pennsylvanians than almost any other state in the country. Pretty much, yeah. I you know I <laughs> I have a hard time thinking of another state that is more like Pennsylvania than Ohio, down to the Amish. Yeah, like. So if we can help them, we would like to. So if you if you know of anybody we can donate to, 
Um, somebody wants to hear Archie Awu. Archie, come here, bub. Come here. I just saw one. That's why we're doing it. Yep. It's not the mic. Good boy. You have pleased the people. You okay? You okay? Your breath is stinky. I love you, though. It's okay to have stinky breath. Hi, baby boy. He's just hanging. Okay. Uh, so the first one is some of these are a little bit of repeats from the beginning of the show, but just mm -hmm. in case for the people who didn't see them, uh, Agamemnon's gym bag for uh, five dollars. Such a good name. It's such a great name. It's a great name. Um, for oh, that's why you were hitting my hand. I was wondering what was happening there. Yes. Uh, there's a 45 year hundred, 40, oh, 4500 year old 511 salmon at the end of my driveway. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah, well, ask him his name is Fenton. It's <laughs> such a funny name. Uh, Pumpkin for four ninety nine said, "My dog story is straight up about me ending up in a pocket dimension." And getting out. I'm not really sure what you mean by dog story, but... I think she sent it to us a while back. We just haven't gotten oh, it. Oh, okay, Remind us where you sent it. that, and we'll take a look at it. Um, Christian Eacher, I believe that. I think I pronounced that wrong, so correct me if I did. Uh, for $2, said, your coffee is great. I'm totally buying more. Oh, thank you. Isn't it tasty? It is great. Uh, he even threw it at me the other night, and I thanked him. Yes. It's that good. Uh, Vinita's manga manga reviews for four ninety nine said absolutely heartbroken that one of my favorite manga got canceled, but you two streaming tonight is making me feel a bit better. Love you, dads. Ooh, woo. dads. We're glad we can make you. <laughs> I happy. hope we're not dads. <laughs> Gonna have to have some conversations there if Go that's on. the case, because that would be very concerning. Uh, Pumpkin for one ninety nine said space is finally soup. financial financially stable enough for myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't need kids too. Not ready for that. Um, space is soup. Space is soup. I, I mean it. Soup is full of large objects floating around in material, especially if it's alphabet. Yeah. So you know what? Um, I guess that just means that space is the broth. Space broth. Space broth confirmed. Uh, Leo for four ninety nine said, "I just really want to say hi, and then I absolutely love your videos, guys. Please never stop." Thank you. We don't plan on it at the moment, so hopefully we'll be happy. I mean, I at least am now obligated to make these videos if I want to pay rent. So. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> I good do point. This full time. <laughs> Uh, Dan Lopez for $5 said, we've actually observed a black hole spitting stuff out. So physicists are having to having, or are back to having no idea what black holes are or how they work. Well, that's news to me. I look forward to looking into that. Yeah. Um, I did see one comment in here, uh, that asked, uh, Vivi Tran said, what kind of soup you eating, Mattis? And I, I, I can't, I'm not eating any soup right now, but in my mind, I was thinking of Italian wedding soup. I think it's because of the meatballs. Fair. Oh, so what was the one you just read? Which one was that? I just want to read it. Uh, that was this one. Actually, sir. Oh, a black hole spitting stuff out. Yes. Love that, right? I'm just trying to comprehend what that means. Because uh, that means that it... Either it produced the stuff itself, it sucked in the stuff and then spit it out, mm -hmm. 
or it's not a supermassive object, it's a portal. And personally, I don't like any of those options. Correct. Because whatever is on the other side of the black hole probably isn't friendly. Probably not. And I just went through a black hole, so it's probably angry. Yeah, probably. Uh, Austin TW for 499 said, Have y'all heard of suspicious observers? I don't know if his 12,000 year cycles idea is right, but if he is right, I'm not excited about what that means. Suspicious observers. Is that a YouTube channel? I would imagine that. You want to write it down? Because I'll take a look at that. Yep. Uh, Norberto Rodriguez Jr. for $5 said, Maybe we are a prison for something and we happen to be here by purpose to keep it from awakening it, or we are to witness a major event and fight it. Witness a major event and fight it is basically every eschatological situation. Uh, I mean, if you look at uh, the Norse have Ragnarok, which actually seems to be something that already happened, uh, and, and we've... There, there's a debate over whether or not Ragnarok is a prophecy, a historical event, or a cycle. Um, all three of those are currently on the table. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ragnarok they have. Um, of course, Christianity has the, the battle at the end days between God and Satan. A lot of different cultures have, especially Indo-European ones, have that idea that we will be fighting something at the end of days. And that it's something that is either within the earth or within our realm. So, yeah, I think that that's, you know, poss- a possibility. Fair. Uh, Beef for $5 said, Klamath Bear story was right. It's just she fell out of Mount Shasta and the creator God got pissed that his daughter had kids and didn't come back home. Yeah, I knew it was something along those lines. I'm glad I was able to get that right. Thank we, you. And we covered Mount Shasta in a video. Yeah, that's why I remember it is because yeah. I remember researching it. Uh, Pumpkin said, I heard of a myth that Loki turned into a salmon. I feel like I remember hearing that. I'll have to look into it because the idea that Loki is the salmon is not too far-fetched. Yeah, fair. Uh, Agamemnon's gym bag back at it again for $5 said, can we get a based Bible episode about the disdain for publicans? Politicians, tax, sorry, not politicians, tax collectors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, Isaiah and I will probably have a hell of a time talking about the way the Bible talks about tax collectors. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can only imagine. I can't wait. Yeah. We sh- Weird Bible is supposed to be Tuesday. We will do Weird Bible Tuesday. It is just a matter yeah. of if Wendigoon will be there or not. <laughs> he just got engaged. So, yes. I don't know what his week looks like. I've texted him a few times, but... uh, Time will tell. We'll see. Uh, Austin TW said, I was heading from Chicago to Pittsburgh for a concert, and while passing through North Ohio, I saw many Confederate flags. What in fresh hell is that? Yeah. um, The Mason-Dixon wasn't the cutoff point for certain Confederate-leaning people, it seems. There's there's a few situations with that. Uh, One of them is Southern people who move north. Hmm. Another is that um, you have poor education and people see it not as a flag that has to do with racism, but rather a flag that has to do with rebellion and anti- being anti-establishment and anti-authority. Uh, unfortunately, we have better flags for that, including the U.S. flag. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 
as well as whatever your state flag is and also the Gadsden, none of which are associated with slavery. And then there's the people who are just racist. Um, So, you know, I try to, when it comes to the Confederate flag, especially down south, I try to give the benefit of the doubt that there is some sort of, you know, legitimate strong belief that it is a heritage, not hate thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I have met people who have been very earnest about that including mm-hmm. black people yeah who, who fly the confederate flag uh up north i'm immediately a lot more skeptical yep when i see one but again if somebody really doubles down on the you know like oh i i really have nothing against you know black people i i just you know I'm, i believe in the rebel cause like mm-hmm. like okay well that's dumb but you're not hateful yep um it's not just northern ohio yeah. either there's stuff in pennsylvania. pennsylvania and north jersey has a lot for whatever reason yeah i think we saw some in new york yep oh yeah um but uh, moving right along, Oliver N for four ninety nine said, "Have you guys heard about the Asian Preda? Seems similar to the Wendigo. Any four one one from North slash Coast California? It's where I'm at, and I want to know. Also, let's see. Okay, a uh, couple of okay. Um, where is Asian Preda? No, write that down though because yep. we'll look into it. Um, we're also in a bit of an impasse here with YouTube because our rake video did okay." Mm-hmm. our banshee video is not doing well not at all uh and it seems to be that we have lower impression click-through rate mm-hmm. which means that people are seeing it and they simply aren't clicking on it because they're not interested so on the one hand we want to keep doing the folklore content but people only watch the missing forum one content and if we keep doing the missing forum one only we are going to run out of topics yep so there's one of two things that happens here Either people continue watching the folklore videos and don't only click because it says missing forum one and we continue doing a smattering of those two. Yeah. Or this becomes a true crime channel because the only other option is that we don't make money and then we can't do the channel to the extent we want to do it because we'd both have to have other jobs. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we just take the financial hit and keep doing the folklore ones and the missing forum one uh, videos until m- we're my, making enough money from the folklore ones but my guess is as of right now it may be beneficial to do a mix that's what i'm thinking is we do both yeah um or i pick a missing forum one case that allows me to tie in folklore but then we still run out of cases like yeah. running out of cases is the problem more of you need to go missing uh, <laughs> please don't, don't go missing please uh, but you get the point yeah so i mean I, I guess we could end up at a point where this channel is doing true crime. So, you know, that is up to the viewers is yeah. where this goes. I mean, we're going to do what you want to see. Um, so uh, next is from... I could do clickbait titles, but then people are going to watch, realize it's not what it's about, dislike it, and, you know... Leave. Yeah. And, and that's even worse Unsubscribe, and then yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, if you have a day of net unsubscriptions, YouTube hates you. Yeah. You, YouTube, like, throttles you. So we got to be careful about how we handle that. Yep. Cakes for four ninety nine said, "Do the roar, oh, okay. uh, yeah, the yeah. Archie Wu thing." Yep. Uh, the Sky Wolf for five dollars said, "Y'all should check out Overly Sarcastic Productions. They're a fantastic channel. They did a video about the Book of Invasions, and it's Ooh, great." Yeah, I'll take a look at it. We just shot our uh, drunk folklore last night, and it was on all of this, and as incoherent as you could expect. Yep. It was absolutely not coherent. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. uh, you, you would be surprised. It was really? more coherent than you think. Yeah. Oh, well, I screamed a few times. <laughs> yeah, but believe it or not, that thank you, Kelly. Believe it or not, that was in right. fact coherent within the context of what we were doing. 
yeah as far also by the way to everybody if you do want to you know one way that we can continue doing the folklore stuff as well as the missing 401 stuff um is the more people support us on patreon the less we have to worry about how many views something gets on youtube yeah there's still the algorithm in us wanting videos that to, to not put out multiple videos that do poorly yeah um because if if we have the, the way the youtube algorithm works it, it's not friendly to people who uh just have a couple videos that don't do well so that's why the next video is going to be missing for one topic it's because there's just we, we have to yeah um, we, we don't really have an option we have no choice yep uh christian bennett hello sir for twenty dollars oh, said do you think the philadelphia experiment that tesla and einstein did actually tore space-time fabric i have to look into the truth behind that whole thing because the government claims it didn't happen of course they do um so i have to look into it and figure it out now if it did happen and if it did happen as described that does sound correct like it 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 ripped something isn't is that correct me if i'm wrong that's the one where tesla was trying to prove unlimited power essentially in terms of philadelphia experiment was uh either teleport teleportation or time travel okay um what happened was uh, allegedly the ship uh disappeared from philadelphia was spotted off the coast of i want to say north carolina mm and then reappeared in Philadelphia, but crew members were, like, fused to the ship. Interesting. Yeah. On the one hand, yeah, the government would probably cover that up. Yeah. On the other hand, that's not typically the way scientific research was done at the time. To be fair, Tesla was very unusual. Yeah, but what I'm saying is when you look at that period of history, they were sending... It's during the space race. They got were it. sending rockets to space to see if they could get there. Then it was, okay, well, we've got this rocket to space. Now let's see if we can get something back from space. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, now let's put something where we can track stuff in it. Okay, cool. Now let's put a dog in it. Now let's put a chimp in it. Yep. Okay, now we can put a person in it. Yeah, they weren't going to go, like, let's send a full ship out in the middle exactly. of nowhere. Yeah. That's what gets me is, like, would they really have sent a full ship? Um, and I, I can't remember if it was during World War II or immediately after. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was during, because the... I, I, no, it wasn't time travel or teleportation. It was invisibility. Is what I... If I remember correctly, it was invisibility. Okay. Um... So I, I'll look into it. We'll probably do a video on the Philadelphia experiment because that's a, just an interesting one. Yeah, honestly, that could be an untapped market is weird experiments that people or the government has done. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake, the syndicalist said, hello from Jew gang. How are y'all? Okay. We're good. We're good. Is that like the Crips and the Bloods? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, Pumpkin said... Well, if we got the Amish Mafia, we ha there should be a Jewish Mafia, that's right? That's fair. Everybody's got a Mafia. Yeah, except the Poles, I feel like. I've never really heard of Polish organized crime. But Polish Mafia sounds like a it thing. It does sound like a thing, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Let us know. Poland, if you don't have one, wait, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I was going to say you have permission, but I'm not going to grant that permission. Um, 
Pumpkin said uh, she's on it. Cool. Kelly Gardner for $20 said, Hi, first time joining the stream. As a born and raised Utahan, wanted to check in to see if Aiden has learned how to pronounce Uintah. Uintah. Uintah, I believe is the correct pronunciation. That's what go. I was told. Uintah. Uh, All Dragons are Sluts for 10 says, Gonna try your coffee tomorrow. It's currently in my mailbox. Gonna need that dirty bean water after helping my sick kid all week with a trip to Yikes. the hospital. Love you guys. I hope your child is okay. Yeah, I hope that I hope the kid's doing good. But the dirty bean water is delicious and quite yes. helpful. Yes, it is great. Uh, problematic farmer for ten dollars said, "When am I going to get a blank episode?" Dibikin. Dibikin. Sure. We've been covering. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. I think. What is it? Uh, a dibik. Uh, it's. I believe. Uh, post Second Temple Jewish mysticism. Okay. Uh, but a Dybbuk box, I believe it's kind of the same idea as, like, yeah, I don't know enough about it to say for sure. I'll have to look into it, because it's been a while since I read up on them. Fair enough. Girk Roleplay for $5 said, Hey, just wanted to say you guys are really cool and inform oh, you. Thank you. I'm actively binging every podcast. Also, must ask, favorite post HRE German, German country. country. Ooh. Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing is the, the HRE lasted a pretty long time. Um, when did it end officially? Oh, that's the thing is I feel like the Austro-Hungarian Empire was the remnant state of the Holy Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. If you want to look that up. Um, this is getting out of my period of history into the period of history that I find completely uninteresting. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, do you want to pull up, uh... When did the HRE um, end? Because, all right, 1806. Um, gotcha, yeah. I That was my thinking. I, I was under the impression that it was that Austria-Hungary was the, the remnant state of the Holy Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, I mean, oh boy, you've got Bavaria, <laughs> um, the Margaret of Brandenburg. I... Uh, uh, Oldenburg has an interesting name. I like that one. Um, specifically German. Bavaria has very interesting history. I, I think Bavaria would be my go-to. Um, just very culturally distinct, maintained a lot of its differences from the rest of Germany through the unification. Mm -hmm. Um, Either that or Saxony, just because Saxony has like, there was one point at which uh, the king of Poland was also the king of Saxony. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like a, an interesting situation. That that period of European history is wild because it's... The, the feudal system just, like, got completely out of hand mm -hmm. and super complicated and grew into what, what we know of in the early modern period. But it all grew out of the feudal system. Mm -hmm. So the whole vassal idea of... You know, the basic feudal society was that the king owned the whole country, mm -hmm. and then he gift he granted land to the lords. The lords granted land and wealth to the knights, and then the knights protected the peasants, and the peasants would pay the lord. Sometimes knights would be landed, but that's the kind of thing. Originally, no knights were landed. They were just professional soldiers. Two things. One, what would the knights protect them from? And two, what other landed mean? Interesting, okay. From other countries. 
Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, and bandits. Got it. That makes sense. And then what does landed mean? It meant they owned land. Okay, got it. So, yeah, the the early early knights were just professional soldiers. That's what the word meant. Um, They weren't even necessarily on horseback. Mm -hmm. The knight on horseback develops after 1066, and then you start to see the feudal system developing where you have the... God, there's three parts to it, but it's like the beneficium is one of them, and that's what the lord gives to. Um, The homage was one. You had to pay homage, and the lord you paid homage to would give you... A beneficium, which was your land, your property, your wealth, whatever the the transfer was there. Uh, peasants, of course, being at the bottom, just owed taxes. But the good news was they didn't actually usually have to fight anybody. Mm-hmm. On occasion, they were involved in armies, but it was typically as basically just like weight. If you wanted to be... Was there vertical mobility in the sense of if you were a peasant, you wanted to be a soldier and then soldier to knight? Is that possible? That was why most peasants would go to war okay um was that uh by at least by the high medieval and late medieval period um the rule was whoever whoever took the knight down got the ransom Mm. so if you were a peasant with a bill hook and you went into combat you managed to yank a knight off of his horse and pull him back to your camp Mm -hmm. you got the ransom for him you took his armor his weapons you went from being a just a lowly peasant with a hook to suddenly you're a fully armored soldier. Hmm. Now you might not, many peasants would look at that suit of armor and go, this is worth a year, two years food. Yep. This is worth, you know, I could use this to buy more property. I could use this to buy out of serfdom, hmm. any number of things. They would often, but sometimes they would choose to become soldiers. Now that did not make them knights. Having a suit of armor did not make you a knight. But you could sell the suit of armor, get something a little bit more practical for your status, because you weren't on horseback typically. Mm-hmm. And then if you performed admirably in battle, or if you became a squire to somebody, if you were young enough, you know, there were a number of ways that you could become a knight. But the typical path was that a uh, a family that had the money would send a son, usually around the age of seven, to train as a page. And a mm-hmm. page would be an assistant to a squire and a knight. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the squire was more the direct assistant to the knight, and the page was more of an assistant to the squire. But pages would learn all the basics, how to read, how to write, chivalry, uh, you know, religion, and begin to learn the aspects of fighting. But they would more be concerned with, you know, putting the bridle on the horse, mm. that kind of stuff. Yep. And then the squire would usually accompany the knight in battle. Mm. Or, and either they would be, you know, usually back as like a medium infantry force, or they would ride in with the knight. Some squires who were fully trained as knights just hadn't received knighthood yet would ride with the knights Mm. and in some cases you could have a lord who was a squire Mm. because they would be a squire to a higher lord got it at at, at later in the medieval period squire started to mean like you were attached to another knight or their subordinate got it but in a different sense it it all gets very murky and into the squire became sidekick essentially in to an extent yeah Mm. um you you know and you could have an entire battalion of squires like yeah because they typically didn't have quite the same equipment Mm. um you know video games of course play up the difference way too much but yeah it's uh the the typical path was you become page at age seven a squire at age 14 ish uh and then a knight around 18 to 20 interesting yeah could you move upward from knight to lord was that possible yeah 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 it was actually much simpler because it was just a lord said all right well you can have some land now Hmm. so you were automatically a lord as soon as you owned land uh not 
it, it had to, it was really a specific amount of land and it, it, look at it this way a knight a landed knight was still under a lord okay to become a, a landed knight might have the same amount of land as a lord mm-hmm. but to become a lord they needed a, they needed to be given that title from the king got it any knight could make a knight in many in many cases uh not always there were some cases where it had to be a lord that knighted you mm-hmm. but in many cases any knight could make a knight mm-hmm. and now of course if they made a knight out of somebody who had no business being a knight they would often be punished for it um you know you're you were staking your reputation on people you gotta remember this is a time period in history where honor meant a lot more than it does today yeah your reputation your honor your that that was a important factor of who you were so that was kind of how things worked was a, a king could make a lord a lord could make a knight a knight could kind of make another knight yeah but it was less common it was typically somebody who was of the the barony of the nobility baron mm-hmm. as a term is uh applies to anybody who had noble uh, a noble title that makes sense hmm. Uh, Norberto Rodriguez Jr. for $5 said, Maybe the War of Heaven and Hell had caused so much cosmic damage that it's too dangerous to mess with the cosmic forces. Perhaps. Mayhap. Uh, Austin TW said, For Suspicious Observer, check the playlist tab. Okay. Uh, Um, Also, to just actually respond to Norberto, Mm -hmm. um, if you're... It depends what you're discussing. Um... In ter- when you say the war between heaven and hell uh but yeah there there could also be that you know we we do have the understanding at least in my religion that the end days have not yet come but we're not the only religion and there are a lot that suggest the end days did come that that mm. war already happened and we're living in the ruined world interesting yeah hmm. uh kellen the official data for 9.99 said here's some cash i love the folklore videos thanks kellen mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, Christmas loving engineer for $5 said, thought I was going to catch y'all live, but got time zone slash start time mixed up. Rip. Looking forward to listening to this <laughs> at work tomorrow. Well, glad you stopped by at the very Apologies least. Apologies that you uh, that the time zone was incorrect. Uh, Thermit the Frog for $5 said, okay, the mad puppy has requested it. Time to go missing hunting a spicy W. <laughs> please don't, but... Please don't. You know. Yeah, I'll leave it that. Please don't. Don't don't try to find the Wendigo. <laughs> what? A what bad you doing over there? Don't do it. What you doing? Don't do it, boy. Hi, um, Agamemnon Jim Bag for five dollars said, "Have you looked into Subscribe Star? Patreon is a no go for me, dog." I uh, here's the deal with things like Subscribe Star and Rumble and Odyssey and Locals and all of the other things. Um. There's definitely some political division in uh, in the media space, and I would love to stop supporting a company like Patreon, who, you know, uh, censors people and and performs in a in a manner that I find uh, dishonest. There's nobody on Subscribestar. There's nobody on on Rumble. There's nobody on Odyssey by comparison to YouTube mm. uh, or Patreon. So, yep. yeah, we even had a, a chance to switch to our own app mm. at one point. Um, fact of the matter is, y- you can't... If, if we start a subscribe star, it's just going to be a clone of the Patreon. And it's yet another thing to manage. Yep. Um, we did have our own website, 
we do have our own website. It needs to be reworked and revamped. The problem was, I uh, there was we just didn't have the time to manually do the Patreon reward system, which is what we would have had to do on the website. So eventually, the hope is to is to pull everything over to the website. Yep. And then that way you don't have to worry because you're only supporting us and Wix. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're not even really supporting Wix because they don't take a percentage of payments. Um, so they're, you know, you're not even supporting Amazon at that point. Uh, cause they do Amazon, uh, web services. Yep. But yeah, we want to eventually move it all over to our own spot and then we won't even have to worry about Patreon's, you know, fees and all that. But for the time being, there's not really an option to move over to rumble odyssey, Patreon or sub subscribes or any of that because there's no, there's no support network there. There's, there's just not enough people. So there's nothing we can really do. Um, but I mean, maybe we set up a, a Venmo or something. Yeah, we could probably do that. Yeah. Dan Lopez for five dollars said, "Y'all should combine missing four and one and folklore topics by hiking around Mount Shasta looking for missing people and Bigfoot." <laughs> I mean, I mean, we I would eventually. love to if if we could. It'd be great, but that's a lot of money. Spud guy for fifty bucks said, "Sup guys, uh, get ten five dollar foot longs and have a great evening." <laughs> Don't tempt me with Thank a good you. time, sir. Ugh, I mean, Wawa's right there. I know. Uh, Jake the Syndicalist for $5 said, Nope, 1900s political ideology. Talking about the mafia, I know guys in the Jewish mafia who harassed the hell out of Nazis around World War II. Good for them. Jewish mafia. What is... There's so many mafias. I know. I'm just <laughs> like... I know it's not a joke, and there probably is a Jewish mafia. There's just something like there. There's an SNL skit there. Fair. There. There. No. There definitely is. Yeah. Like, uh, Agamemnon's gym bag for two dollars said, "When lodge tour." Well, we're moving, so <laughs> when we get lodge. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Gardner for five dollars said, "Great job with the pronunciation." Must also ask, best way to support the channel monetarily: Patreon, YouTube subscription. Love you guys. Uh, as far as individual contributions go. Uh, probably Patreon. Yep. They only take 11%. You get, they, they will ship you merch yep. and stuff. If you do it that way, uh, it's reliable because it's, you know, we know we're getting your dollar, $5, $20, whatever it is a month. Yep. Um, so yeah, Patreon's probably the best way to do direct support. And then, you know, sharing the show with your friends. If you yep. share the show with one friend who starts watching it, it, it literally, if every single one of our, put it this way, if every one of our subscribers shared this show with a friend and that friend, liked it just one friend mm -hmm. that immediately doubles us to over 300,000 subscribers overnight yep um and the fact of the matter is each of those friends will probably share the channel with a friend and so on and so forth so the best way to support the channel is to share it yep because then the the more we grow the more the, the less we have to rely on individual people and the more we can say all right well we're getting 20,000 views a an hour so we don't even have to think about yep. individual contributions yep um you know i would i would love to get to a point where we don't we don't need to take individual contributions we probably still will for certain more exclusive stuff yeah but it would be nice to you know you know not have to worry about that at all yeah and that's kind of the benefit of the patreon is that all of the extra stuff that we have been doing are doing and are planning to continue to do patreon's yeah. a nice place to have yeah. that all consolidated too and anything that's a donation goal mm. goes on goes on patreon for free like there yeah. there will be things that you can go on our patreon page and just see for free. Yep. Uh, and then for a dollar a month, you'll be able to get access to all the rest of it. Yep. 
So once Patreon adds live streaming, we'll probably even do a Patreon exclusive like podcast once a month. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Agamemnon's gym bag for five dollars said, "Holy Toledo, your knowledge of history could replace the missing four on one videos." Well, we have a uh, history hut channel, so go yep. check that out. Um, yeah, believe it or not, this guy yeah. majored in history and uh, is medieval studies. Yep. Yes, and. Uh, he's putting that to work on another channel called History Hut, which yep. is a revived version of a uh, series that we did here. Yeah. We'll but... have another video for that channel in March. Yes. Correct. That's going to be monthly for now because it just is... Yeah, the amount of things that need to be done. Yeah. It, we're, we're at the point where we now have three channels. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And this month has just been a nightmare for me personally. So... Yep. Because I have to move. So... Again yeah <laughs> oh, fun spent the last two weeks apartment hunting and then i had to fly to knoxville um i was in i was in uh lexington for a week so it's just been a hell of a hell of a month for me but hopefully come uh come that first full week of march i'm hoping that everything is going to be settled and we will be back on our normal research schedule our normal shooting schedule and i can get back to doing the the level of content that i want to do on the topics i want to cover so Yes, that's the hope. Uh, ben Krajniak for $10 said, I am Polish and I can confirm that we do have a mafia. Just don't ask about it. My uncle asked about it and they burnt down his kielbasa farm and took his toes. Uh, this man was farming kielbasa? It would seem so. It's a sausage. It's a sausage farm. That is quite impactful. But I will, I will be sure to not um, talk about it. Yes. Uh, what else we got? We got, uh, these are the only new ones. Uh, Aussie Trutler for, it looks like Canadian 279. Bold of you to assume I have one friend. Ah, you gotta have one friend. I think you're selling yourself short there. Uh, Norberto Rodriguez Jr. for $2 said, I meant Satan's Rebellion. Do you mean the Satan's Rebellion that happens in Revelation, or do you mean the one in Paradise Lost? Could be both or either. Well, that's the thing, is the Paradise Lost one isn't biblical. Got it. Uh, Unless you consider John Milton a prophet, which some people do. Fair. Uh, All Dragons are Slush for $5 said, Hopefully Kiddo is on the up and up. She are four pieces of pizza this eve as eight, a treat. Four pieces of pizza. I think it does say probably, R, but yeah, probably. probably. Uh, about half her weight in Za. Mom and Dad are definitely wore out. Fair. Yeah, I mean, but that's... If, if the kid's eaten, the kid's doing better. Is typically the way that works. Absolutely. Um, Agamemnon's gym bag for two dollars said apartments are a scam. Buy some land. I tried. I tried to buy a condo, and they told me that despite the fact that my income was perfectly fine to buy the condo, mm -hmm. I if you are a small business owner, they want two years of tax returns. I don't have two years of tax returns because we started this business in Ju in June 2021. Yep, so a year and a half. So I have the 2021 and my 2022 tax returns, right? Here's the problem. We only started making any significant degree of money two months ago. Yep. So while I do make enough to purchase, I do not have the income history to get a mortgage. Yep. Unfortunate and annoying, but kind of love banks. Uh, ben Krajniak for $5 said, Aussie Trutler, I can be your friend you share the channel with. Fair. But, but you already what? Okay. <laughs> uh, Christmas Loving Engineer for $5 said, Night, and I'm an hour behind y'all and God start time mixed uh, up. Not y'all's fault. Okay. LOL. Okay, I see. Fair enough. Well, you're here now. Yes. 
And speaking of time, oh, hang on. Uh, Bunker Bear for uh, seven for one and answer. Johnny Appleseed and Paul Bunyan video. Ooh, be, we were talking about doing an American folklore video. They're on the. Uh, yeah, the it was all uh, what? Paul Bunyan, John Henry, and, and Johnny Appleseed? Yes. One of whom, I think John Henry's real. Yes. And Johnny Appleseed, I think. Johnny Appleseed was real. was real. I don't know about Paul Bunyan. We'll find out. Yeah. But speaking of time, we are you know we should do? approaching 8.30. We should yes. do that one, and then at the same time, we should do a History Hut one that has, like, Lewis and Clark, Daniel Boone, uh, Davy yes. Crockett. Yes. Yes. Right, 100%. Cool. Yes. So do do the more folktale ones, and then also a historical. Because Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett are such cool dudes. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm just... Uh, I'm just reading through some of these non-Super Chat ones because it is 8.30, so we will be shutting off the stream in just a moment, but I want to see what I can what I can see here. Thoughts on Chalky Milk? Uh, it is it is God's beverage. Chocolate milk is the greatest thing bestowed upon mankind. I want to drink it straight from the chocolate cow. You probably can. Probably can. Let's see. Yeah, I know, I know, I know standards brendan i get it i'm just upset about it um <laughs> what standards uh with mortgage oh. stuff with you know how much income you have to have yeah that's fair uh jennifer hemminger said i just want to say thank you to you guys i got my dad obsessed with your channel he has mental issues and you two keep him grounded and focused oh well thank you that's awesome i'm i'm glad i'm glad that we are able to be a you know a consistent thing for somebody um Robert Moore said you should move to West Virginia and work with Tim Pool and Shane Cashman. <laughs> um, fun fact, we've reached out to, to Tim because uh, while he's been growing, we figured, you know, we were in a position where we would happily license the 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 Lore Lodge uh, intellectual property to the Timcast network in exchange for a consistent salary. Mm -hmm. That was something that uh, we discussed back when we weren't making a ton of money, but the show had good trajectory. Um, because we would have been willing probably to take a like $60,000 a year salary each and not have to worry about only making money from the show yep. with the understanding that, yeah, that would probably be like a three-year contract, five-year contract, and we would probably not make as much, you know, over those last couple years, mm -hmm. but it would have given us a consistent income, um, while we, while we built the show and while we focused on it and built up a catalog at this point you'd have to offer us a lot of money yeah to to sell or license anything about the channel yeah ips are important so um you know would would we happily would i love to go on timcast yeah i think it would be a lot of fun it would be a good break from some of their normal doom and gloom um i would love to uh you know have a nice heart to heart with ian about why he needs to stop getting history wrong <laughs> um, you know all that i love i love the show yeah. um and I love a lot of the the guests and the recurring ones. Um, it's just you know they're not. Uh, that that's the thing about Shane is I. I won't say anything bad about the guy, but just the inverted world doesn't. It. it I don't feel like he does the due diligence that we do when it comes to the stuff we talk about. Where it's very academic. There's a lot of research involved. He's he's a journalist. He's chasing the story. I'm a historian. I'm chasing the truth. That's that's the difference. Yep. Uh, Christine. Peter but Kenner. that said, I I would you know if we could go on Timcast, I would love to. Or if we could talk to Shane and you know be on an episode of that show, cool. That'd be great. Oh yeah. Just 
they uh, they weren't interested. So maybe in the future, maybe. Christine Pimbino Bennett. Hi. Hi, Mom. Said, uh, "What about female folklore characters?" We just did a show about the Banshee. But yeah, we could do some more. I I want to do one on Lilith. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Because that that's one that gets misunderstood all the time. Um, let's see what else we got in here. Uh, two right. more supers just came in. Yeah. Matthew Moody for $5 said, time to get some chalky milk. Valid. Uh, perturbed alpaca for five dollars said tell ian we love him and to stop inverted world isn't good um <laughs> okay yeah i i don't i don't love inverted world um <laughs> it, it feels very like ghost hunters to me in that it's about making good tv not fair investigating something but you know uh but all right um, in order to come, in order to avoid becoming another missing 401 case, what would you guys suggest? That's a video. Yes. We will answer that question by making a video. Uh, with that said, um, I think it's time for us to hop off for the night. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. If you like what we're doing here, you can subscribe to us on Patreon, you can share the show with a friend, or you can buy our coffee. We also have our merch store, the lorelodge.shop, where you can get, uh, hoodies and shirts, that are Lore Lodge themed, including this one, which says only phantoms. Yes. Turn heads at the bar, the daycare center, even church. Probably not church. Probably shouldn't with church. Uh, we did. And the graveyard. You'll be turning headstones at the graveyard. How drunk did you get during that you drink? Oh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the one where somebody donated a hundred subs. That's right. I remember you telling me. Also, to make up for the fact that I have barely streamed the last two weeks because I was traveling, I will be Twitch streaming every night this week because we're we're playing Sons of the Forest all the way through. My God. Man. Yeah. My God. Man. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm moving. I'm researching. I'm streaming. When am I going to? stream i don't know don't prevent yourself from sleeping please sleep is for people who need sleep i am a people who needs sleep so are you i'm not asking you to I know. stay up no i know although if we do the 24-hour stream you're gonna have to stay up no i know i will um, happily do that. um Depends. yeah but no uh gurk i was i was struggling that night <laughs> i think i uh I think I called after that when I called my girlfriend and uh, I was just like hiccuping for an hour. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, fair. It. it was fair. She was like, are you good? Um, okay. Uh, Norberto said, wait, if Satan's rebellion didn't happen first, it's yet to happen. And revelation is the first battle. Yeah. That's how I understand it is that Satan in the old Testament is still part of God's like ruling council. It mm. seems like if you look at Job, for example, it says that, uh, God was meeting with the sons of God and that Satan came from strolling up and down in the earth and all of that and talks to God and all that. He's, he's not, it doesn't arrive and there's a fight. He comes in and basically it seems like Satan's job, his role, whether it's something God gave him or something he assumed himself is to be the accuser. He, and, and a lot of people like think of Satan as, uh, inherently evil himself in in certain senses that he's not there's uh there's a belief that he's kind of like an an anti-god 
he's he's not really an anti-god that comes out of dualist reinterpretations satan's role is often to test the faithful or to um you know to to lead people astray basically there's this this ongoing current of god created everything including satan satan doesn't like humans and doesn't think that uh they're they're worth god's love Mm -hmm. So he just keeps trying to prove him wrong. Now, some of that, I will say, it sounds like Paradise Lost. I'm not saying that's exactly what the Bible says. That's kind of the running theme of a lot of these incidences, specifically with Job, where uh, God said, you know, Satan's like, ah, you know, people aren't, people only like you because you give them stuff. And God's like, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> and Satan spends a while trying to get Job to denounce his faith, and he won't do it. Um, so that's kind of that also of course gets paralleled in the new testament as well with christ in the desert yep um but yeah so satan's rebellion um happens in revelation it's a prophecy he did not already have his rebellion um y'all need to go to the nahani river valley and stream it i would love to it looks beautiful there actually yeah my only good. worry is that canada so no gun yeah um but now i gotta read through more of these uh Ben Krajnik said, uh, did you give your congrats to Wendigoon on his engagement yet? I have not because I saw it just before the show. Mm. Um, but I will be I will be texting him to say congratulations. I'm very happy for him. Um and Kayla's awesome. Oh, yeah. We we've we've met her. She's just a fantastic person. Um, and they're great together, which is fantastic. Yeah, they they one of the best couples I've ever met. Um Perturbed Alpaca said sleep when we're dead. There's one more right above that. Uh, where? There you go. Oh, Bobcat said, would a 26.5 mil... That's a very specific uh, measurement. <laughs> flare gun be effective for defense against a Wendigo? I would say that it's one of the more effective ones. Definitely more so than a 9mm. Yeah. But yeah, I would say. I would say flare gun's good. Um, the, the thing about most Wendigo stories where humans manage to defeat one is that they trap it. Mm. Uh, they lure it somewhere and then light it on fire. Never go toe to toe. Um, I think there's one more. I'm scrolling down. Um, get a lore lodge tat when you guys reach 500k. I probably will actually. Fair. Um, Satan pumpkin bear said Satan has daddy issues. That's one way to put it. Fair. Um, did you just equate Satanism and Pokemon? I don't know if that was directed at me, but I wasn't intending to there's maybe I, did i i don't know i certainly didn't at least not intentionally um all right well thank you guys so much for check for for tuning in hanging out with us we will of course be back on uh sunday weird bible will be tuesday over on the weird bible channel it is it has its own channel now it will be over there so go check it out um you know, we would love to see a solid number of people in that live. And uh, that channel also has all of the old episodes on it. They are all still there. Um, and it will also have Lore Lodge style Bible story videos that will be coming up. We will have to, it's probably going to be a bit of a me writing out the research for 10 of them and then shooting all of them and then posting them uh, rather than me trying to work into the current schedule. What I want to do is I want to get ahead on Lore Lodge and then also get ahead on History Hut and Weird Bible. 
So those will also be, and we will be launching a History Hut podcast as well, which will have guests like History Daddy, Stakuyi, um, Roman Helmet Guy, a whole bunch of other history creators. So those are going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be roundtable style, just discussions. So if you're not subscribed to History Hut, go check that out. Same with Weird Bible. And make sure that you at least are following our Patreon, even if you're not subscribed, because we will be posting stuff up there as well. Uh, all of the the donation goal videos. And also, if you want to subscribe, it's just a dollar a month, and it really does do a lot to help us. It's a much more reliable form of income, and it's nice to know exactly what's going to be there uh, in the month. So thank you so much, and we will see you on the next one.